Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. So our episode today is all about expression and that expression through comedy and how we emotioneer that. And I'm absolutely delighted that I have got Kev Orkian here with us. He is the CEO of Howlin Entertainment, of Jonglers Group, and the British pantomime. I couldn't have picked a better guest for you guys. Uh, Kev, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Wow. That's, that's, that's an introduction if I've ever heard one. Thank you so much, my darling. How are you and how's things, Melissa? All good. Just absolutely loving sharing this message with the world, making sure that I get incredible guests like you so that we can unpack some of the just those kind of beliefs that people have that some of this stuff happens naturally when you know we've been in in this industry and doing what we do for a long time and yeah. how we actually get to that so just absolutely uh, just honored to be able to share your story here today let's crush it let's crush it let's crush those those ideas those ideologies that people have about what we're going to talk about today so let's do it absolutely so kev you have done many things, including Britain's Got Talent. Uh, you have been on all these different shows. You've done so many things. But again, let's crush those kind of ideologies. How did it all start for you and how did you get into it? Tell us your story. OK, um, for me, entertainment was relatively a new thing for my family. Um, don't get me wrong. We actually do have uh, entertainment uh, historically in our family. So I have um, a great uncle who um, is the conductor for the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in Russia. I have a I have a two great, great grandparents who were actually the first two playwrights to introduce theatre to Turkey. So I've got that in the in my history. I've got a granddad, my dad's dad, my granddad, who was a nurse who was actually fired for being a, co a comedian as a nurse because he was telling jokes to the um to the uh, you, you know to the patients and whatever and jokes that were things like um sorry uh, we, we we're sorry to tell you this but you're actually you were meant to be dead yesterday we got the report and blah, blah, blah. and jokes like that just like really off the wall off the stupid stupid joke that apparently patients were getting more and more heart palpitations because of it and he got fired for being a comic um so there is that in the family <laughs> but no one's really kind of spoken about it or done anything about it for a number of decades but then I came along completely went uh, against the grain completely so um me and my sister were both taught the piano 
um and I took it on as a performing aspect of it my sister became a piano teacher so my mum's dream of wanting to be a performer uh, was crushed by her mum and dad they, they were like no 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 no. you are ethnic lady you don't do uh you don't do creativity you cook you clean you look after your family you know that kind of attitude so my mum was pretty much crushed as a 15 year old wanting to become a pianist or wanting to become creative uh her father didn't let her so when I was born um uh it was six years later um she had uh, found my dad they got married and when i was about three and a half she was like boom straight onto the piano so i started on the piano that that's my how my career started um and by the time i was you know five or six or seven i was already a class clown so i was already telling jokes making people laugh and i enjoyed the aspect of seeing people smiling that was my thing i i enjoyed people i i loved hearing people laugh and i enjoyed people smiling so my path was already kind of destined for me from a very, very, very young age, um, but not in my mum and dad's eyes. So I kind of created my career uh, against the grain rather than being encouraged with the grain. Yeah. So um, by the time I was 15, I was a concert pianist um, and I'd already done loads of amateur dramatics. I'd already been the class clown. I used um, my comedy, my joke telling to actually get me out of bullying. Uh, a lot of uh, nearly six and a half years of bullying. A lot of kids wow. bullied me over those years, uh, predominantly three or four real, really bad um, guys that bullied me. God, terribly. Um, but I used jokes as a way of getting out. So I was already kind of grafting my career through yeah. being bullied, but telling jokes and, and how to tell jokes. So I kind of did that. And then from the age of 17, 18, I went into professional work. Um, and by the time I was uh, 19, I was already starring um, as a lead role in, in musicals in the West End. So that's how my career started, Melissa. And, and I think the whole kind of comedy and certainly theatrics and acting and singing and dancing came from the want to want to be that person. Um, I, I, you can train people to be actors, singers, dancers and comedians you can train them all but if it comes from within um then you you kind of naturally kind of go towards that way anyway and a lot of people are naturally you know gifted in something but not all of them find those gifts and the talents and I was very blessed that I found it very early on in my career yeah absolutely and uh, thank you for sharing that with us and to touch on the bullying part because I often think that people that create amazing things get amazing engagement from audiences that go on to help create legacies have often gone through quite a bit of pain and and we you know I talk about emotioneering ultimately you were moving through fear and that must be one of the scariest times for you you know turning back up to school wondering what was going to go on and you're like you said you're crafting or you're trying to find an angle where people will like you and not maybe you know do the bullying to to get them to laugh and to to kind of connect with you and that's that's absolutely fascinating and thank you very much for sharing that with us and I'm sure that other people that are listening can you know really take some strength from that that you can uh, get through something and, and even though as long as it was for you to to see where you're at now right it's kind of the good thing to look back and say you got through that yeah do you know what you've you really tapped on something incredible there Melissa and uh, I, don't, I don't think people talk about it enough so what you're doing right now amen to you because um a lot of children still get bullied uh, the difference between when I was bullied and children being bullied now is cyberbullying is actually really bad because at least the difference between 
me getting bullied was you could see me getting bullied it was a physical thing uh cyber bullying you d- you don't see it all the time mm-hmm. um so when i was bullied in school the the kids that were bullying me would either you know rob me from my money they would uh, i mean i was stabbed a couple of times in school uh with you know scalpels from art class and they'd just stick it into my arm and then walk away you know there was horrendous bullying i was um drowned a couple of times in the male toilets i was kicked in uh, when i announced it was my birthday they gave me birthday kicks uh, oh. rather than you know just saying happy birthday as naturally normal people would oh, yeah um and i had a i had a fractured rib because of it so a lot of things happened to me which i never ever told my parents so in actual fact my rib i it's healed on its own I, over the last 30 what 40 years whatever no 30 something years simply because i didn't want to tell my parents um but the difference is, Melissa, I used entertainment, comedy, joke telling to kind of get myself out of a, a lot of trouble. And and I was very popular in that sense where they always knew me as the positive guy, the one that I'll oh, go to Kev. He's got the latest joke, that kind of thing. But it was years about three, yeah, two or three years later when I was in the theatre uh, pulling pints behind the bar that I heard a voice of um, a young man that I was like, hold on a minute. And at the time I would have been something in the regions of uh, 17 or 18 myself and I heard a voice and I thought that sounds familiar and I turned around it was the guy that had been bullying me the guy that stabbed me twice and he was standing there with his boyfriend so I realized he was fighting a harder fight than I was because he was fighting his sexuality and he didn't want anyone to know he was gay in school so I turned around I looked at him and I said hi Jeff and he went who are you and I went I'm Kev, the guy you stabbed twice and bullied for six and a half years. And his boyfriend at the time looked at him and went, you did what? And um, he said, yeah, he said, I bullied Kev and blah, blah, blah. I said, but I know why. And I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. And I came around the co- I came around the other side of the bar. I grabbed him. I gave him a massive cuddle and a kiss on the cheek. And I said, I forgive you. I said, I did forgive you. And I said, I'm forgiving you again so you can hear it. Uh, and he just broke down and started crying. And I realized that actually a lot of bullies tend to be people who are going through something horrendous in their lives as well. Um, because naturally, I, I, I think naturally we just want to be kind. I do. I really do believe that. I, I believe naturally we want to be kind. But unfortunately, through our upbringing, through the voices in our head, which are given to us, by the way, but by our parents and by our environment, mm-hmm. I think creates the people we are today. And you can only get out of that environment if you start talking back to yourself and you start hearing the the quieter voice in your head and not the loud voice, the loud voice will always be negative. Oh, he just cut you up. Go on, speed up, speed up, go on, cut him up now. But the quiet voice goes, maybe he's in a rush. Maybe he's got to get home because his wife's pregnant or fallen over or something's happened or his kid's in hospital. Maybe he's just got to get back in, in time, let it go. And that's the voice that I now choose to listen to, which makes me a better person than I am today. And that is such an important message as well, Kev, because what you're basically talking about is the ego there, right? And the the ego, the the ability to laugh at yourself, the ability to forgive others, the ability to understand that there's a world of possibility to express yourself in a way that, you know, even the way that you express yourself to him when when you when you saw him again. And there's a great quote, isn't there? That's the people that judge others are judging themselves the most. 
And, and uh, you know, for, for someone that's been through bullying twice, more, mine was more um, in college and then in the workplace. It is right. very true. And when you can move past it and come around to the other side of it and actually realize what was going on for that person and have that empathy and that compassion that you still do have, Kev, then you are able to do the things that you do now in a way that, you know, is, it elevates you into a different perspective and in, into a different, um, you know, audience. And I suppose that brings me on to, you know, some people do have a hard time kind of laughing and actually even at themselves, you know, you've, you'll have the people that will laugh very hard maybe at what others do and then they may fall over and they find it quite, I'm, I'm one of the first people to laugh myself. I think, oh gosh, Melissa, what are you up to? But it, it, they do have a hard time. Why do you think that people find it hard to express themselves in, in a comedic way or, or have a challenge to do that? I think it comes down to a number of things from fear through to embarrassment. Um, you see, one of the things that um, comedians that I work with uh, conquer, uh, they do conquer it, but it takes time and it takes patience, is walking up on stage and making a fool of yourself. Um, and once you become comfortable making a fool of yourself, I think then you start to take yourself less seriously um but again it comes down to upbringing and it comes down to your environment it comes down to the fact that actually people again ego people don't want to feel uh, embarrassed they don't want to feel shameful they don't want to feel stupid um and one of the one of my key 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 strategies for the rest of my life i can say not for the rest of the week or month or year life is to demolish and to eradicate ego from my body um and what i mean by that is we all need ego uh, to a certain degree but how we actually interpret that ego and how we actually control that ego is very different to everyone there are you know there are so many people out there that have an ego where you know you'll look at someone who's basically showing off about having a great business or oh i've just bought a bentley continental and you go yeah whatever whatever well actually your ego is probably as loud as theirs because you're kind of going, yeah, well, I can get that, but I don't need to get it right now. And or whatever, show off. Oh, yeah. And it's this ego. And your ego constantly fights the negative. Uh, and what you have to do is the moment you feel pleased that someone's bought a Bentley Continental, that was your friend, um, or bought a brand new car. I mean, I'm saying Bentley Continental because that's my aim. That's the one I want to get. But say a brand new car and you look at it and you go, oh my god that's fantastic i'm so pleased for you because you needed a new car i'm just so glad you got one now the moment you can do that without ever having any other feelings but joy and gratitude for that person buying it then you know you're controlling your ego much better and ultimately bringing your ego to a place to a platform to a level where the more happier you are for other people the happier you become for yourself and i think that's the key in taking something like uh, a fear of walking on stage and 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 a fear of actually talking comedically or of finding the funny within yourself if you can start dampening the ego you'll find that you're probably quite funny yourself anyway and your sense of humor is also down to how you look at life um, because some people find it funny when an old old person falls over now to, to be fair i still find that funny but at the same time i also feel concerned yeah whereas if I saw, um, you know, a young man, you know, tripping over a 
I don't know, a, a dog and, and whatever. I'd find that funny, but again, I'd feel sorry for the dog. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of, that's where my humor is. But I do find things that go wrong really funny. I really do. And I, and I find it hysterical. I actually laugh out loud. <laughs> so for me, that would be the, the, the platform. Don't take yourself seriously because the less you take yourself seriously, the more fun you'll find in life. Um, and the more you'll be able to ex express other parts of your emotions that you probably have never allowed to come out because you've keep, you keep pushing those down. Oh, no, 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 no. Can't laugh at myself. Oh, no, 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 no. Can't laugh at myself. So I think if you open yourself up to a bit more of life's co comedic trial, trail, sorry, <laughs> you'll be, uh, you'll be a much better person for yourself as well. And when you're making me laugh because you were talking about older people and my mum by no by no means is whilst she is in her 60s she looks like she's in her 40s she's she's a good catch to the men out there <laughs> <laughs> um and you're making me laugh though because we were um we were on our way to a jazz club and there's a jazz club in waterloo and i can't remember the name of it and it's on the corner with the saxophone can you remember it and the arch. No, I know the one you mean, though. I know the it, one you mean. Anyway, I, I can't remember what it's called. There's a, there's a cobbled street outside, and it was her birthday. Me and my sister and her were walking towards this this jazz place, and um, next thing she just, <laughs> she just went down. Boom. Completely, boom. <laughs> Gosh, she's gone. Now, obviously, the concern kicks in. It's my mum. Like I'm like oh my gosh and then she so she's just <laughs> she's there she's just absolutely stunned <clears throat> and what she's done all she's done is cut her finger and she's just stunned and all I could say to her is mum your tights are fine you haven't laddered your tights <laughs> which was like looking back it was the most stupid thing to say but I was like your tights are all right <laughs> it'll be okay Do you know um, what though that's the best bit about it you see that's the best bit melissa that's even funnier than your mum falling over right for me that's what makes me laugh when someone falls over and you go oh no you didn't break your heels you're okay love you know and then they get back up to me that's hysterical and one of the things that's currently on instagram is this thing where they put on that song by um james brown which you go wow i feel good da, na, 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 na. and the bit is the scream at the beginning right so they go up to people who have like are either doing the electrics on a on a, <laughs> on a light switch or they're <laughs> cooking a meal or whatever but they put it on the most random moment and you see the people's reaction and i can tell you the amount of men that they have frightened to the point where the man gets frightened and rather than laughing his ego kicks in you've got to watch it which makes me laugh even more right his ego kicks in he's like Harbour, he takes out a slipper and he throws it to the person that did the um the sound, you know, the big sound. And I am crying with tears because I find that hysterical that people can't see the funny side of it immediately. They have to see the 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 oh my god, you frightened me, I could have died. But they couldn't have died. Okay, it's, there's nothing, there's no way they could have died. But that's what makes me holler <laughs> through the surprise of it all. I think what kind of reaction is is gonna come out. Do you know what? I ha I'm giggling away because I I my my husband and his uh, his cousin used to do something similar. I haven't seen that James Brown one yet, but I'm definitely gonna look out you for that. You have to watch it. So That's yeah, <laughs> it sounds hilarious. So I suppose, you know, you help people to express themselves through comedy, through their presentation skills in this way. Yeah. So like, what do you love about doing that? Do you know what? I've got a number of students that I coach at the moment and it all came through the pandemic really, because before that I was just too busy. I wouldn't have been able to do this uh, coaching um, aspect of it. But when you take someone like a business leader 
who can't even speak to their staff without feeling embarrassed or stupid or silly and they'd rather just email them or text them then you've got someone who is in need of the Kevorkian treatment basically right so someone who needs the whole keynote success formula which is what I created right so I created this keynote success formula which then actually developed the jonglers training comedy training but the idea is that we take business leaders business men women who struggle to 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 kind of put together a compilation of words to be able to speak to a staff member or to to get investment or to speak to uh, potential you know uh, clients and whatnot and we put them through a um a, a course strategy which i do and 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 the idea behind it is that the keynote success formula allows that person to understand key uh, topics that they might be struggling with and what I do in that course, and it's a it's a rolling course, it's an ongoing course. There's no like three month course like the Jonglers um, comedy training. That's a three month course, and then ultimately you end up get, walking on stage and doing stand up comedy with a keynote. Uh, my students are guys and girls who are dentists. Um, uh, they're activists. I've got one activist actually on the books now. I had two. Um, they're you know business leaders in um, uh, oil in you know in telecommunications and what they do is they go look i want to talk to my staff but i find it really i find i'm being bullied by a couple of the people that i i basically employ who sit there and they look at me and they're like oh god how long is this going to last for and i can see how that would be quite a bullying aspect to them trying to then conquer the fear of speaking so what i do is i train them how to prepare I train them how I train them how to speak properly. And one of the guys that I trained, a guy called Haig Armaganian, uh, who you met, by the way, oh, yeah. um, at the on Saturday, he he started off. He, he was stuttering. So he had a stutter, let alone not be able to talk to people. He also stuttered. So it was quite an incredible thing to see him. Uh, start off by going well I mean what, 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 what do I say, say, say? I mean, what do I say? What, uh, you know, what, what, what? and it was all that, that. And I said to him, stop, take a breath sit back for a moment you're not proving anything to anyone here you're going to talk and i'm going to teach you how to do that and i'm going to prepare your conversations so we started talking whatever now he's got his own clubhouse room now he uh, he allows me to moderate that room while he's the the main honcho and talks about it he's now got his second season of a podcast coming out with james um you know the podcast james burt so he's got his podcast coming out where he's interviewing incredibly high-end ceos of massive businesses um, and it's all come from the crushing the fear and developing the potentials that you already have in you. Um, and some people never, ever tap into it. And other people uh, wonder how to get to it. And that's what I do. I try and help you you conquer those fears. That's that's what my course is about. And at the moment, we're doing all right. All right. Yeah, I bet. The, the, the success. I'm even like I'm, I mean, my jaw is is kind of open here listening to you talk, even from an example of Haig, because when you were talking, I was like, hang on a minute. He has a clubhouse room. I've spoken to him. He sounds incredibly confident. He comes across as self-assured. So to know that, again, we see the iceberg, right? We see the tip of it. What we don't see is what happens behind the scenes and that kind Correct. of crafting and that that practice that, that kind of gets that person to 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 where they want to be and the mindset yeah. work. So I, I just doing all right, bloody heck, Kev. You're doing you just great. Tapped, you've just tapped, you've just tapped 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 into another thing. Mindset. You just said mindset. Yeah. It is categorically that. 
it is categorically that you know the mindset of someone believing they can have the greatest business on the planet compared to someone that thinks oh i don't know if i'll have the greatest i'm not sure i'm not sure that kind of attitude comes from your mindset so why not say to yourself you know um I am going to have the greatest business uh, on the planet. I already have the greatest biz uh, business on the planet and I am going to have an abundance of clients and whatever, rather than saying, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, because that's what he was saying. He was like, oh, I hope I can, uh, I'm able to speak on Clubhouse. I said, you keep saying the wrong messages to yourself. Your mindset is still on that fear factor. Crush the fear factor and just say, I am going to have a, a room in Clubhouse and it's going to be popular and people are going to come and listen to what I want to share with those people. He is so knowledgeable. He's got such an incredible platform, but he doesn't allow himself to, to speak properly. And Melissa, this is 99.9% .9 of the planet. You know, there's only there's only 1% of the planet that get off their backside and go, right. Hi, everyone. I'm this. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Tell you who did it. Gandhi. Gandhi did it. Jesus did it. You know, Gandhi and Jesus did it. These are two people with no social media platforms, right? Only books and pigeons, right? These two people turned around and suddenly had the biggest following on the planet because of what they believed they were, okay? So if they can do it, with all due respect, no disrespect to Jesus or Gandhi or any other person that's been a, a massive leader on this, uh, on this planet, but you can do it, Melissa, and I can do it. It just, we just have to say to ourselves, Yes, we can. And the moment you say, yes, we can, then psh, that's it. That's it. We all have the we all have the power. Not everyone taps into it. Ah, oh, yes. I was like, yes, that is a mic drop moment right there. Absolutely. And it's interesting because it's interesting that you mentioned religion and, and you brought up Jesus as well. So when I, I talk to people about social proof, right, social proof, stories, and statistics right there's only two ways that you can increase someone's belief in something and I always think to myself would Jesus and the Bible right okay yep. it has all these amazing stories so people read the stories you go oh my gosh that's amazing yeah but prove it to me though and then it's like so 12 other people wrote the book as well oh so there's 12 people involved in it so it's it's about increasing that belief helping people believe in that a little bit more so they believe in themselves and therefore they can achieve that kind of greatness and and sharing stories like we are on this podcast today we're helping other people believe that they can do more um yeah. it couldn't be couldn't be better said than how you said it kev it is absolutely so true i'm believe trying to find the book for you as well can achieve it. do you know what there's a book and and i think it might be over there it might be I've got, I read You're like me. Books. I've got loads of bookshelves. I'm like, I know, me too, me it? too. So I've got loads of books. But there is one book. It's called The Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. Yeah. Tao, T-A-O, T-E, Ching, right? Tao Te Ching, right? It is a book that was written yeah. 500 years before Jesus. Wow. And it's got everything in there that Jesus talks about in the Bible. What, well, there we go. And we're going to check that out. Right. Definitely check it out. It's Tao Te Ching. Uh, I learned it from a, a great speaker called Wayne Dyer, who unfortunately is not uh, in London with I us. I love Wayne Dyer. Yeah. yeah. But Wayne Dyer speaks about it. Uh, it's called Tao Te Ching. And it's a book. Um, it's about it's basically the way, the way of life. And in there, they talk about how to tap into your greatness. Uh, you have to think uh, in, a, in a certain way. You have to take action in a certain way and you have to speak in a certain way um without putting any negativity into your into your journey 
and it was written 500 years before Jesus was born. Uh, and then when you look at the way Jesus lived his life, um, you see that everything he did, he must have read the Tao Te Ching. He must have read it because he lived his life by so many of those principles. Um, and then obviously created a, an incredible um, you know, following. And then, of course, the Bible and, and everything else that came with it. So you kind of think to yourself, there is this format that's there that we can all tap into that tells us that we have the ability because Wayne Dyer says it, doesn't he? When he says we are all gods, Jesus said the same thing. So did Tao Te Ching, right? So did the Tao Te Ching. We are all gods. What that means is that we are all a reflection of the light that comes onto the planet, has a very short amount of time here and then goes back. And he swears that we're actually spirits living a human existence, not the other way around. And I totally believe that. I think we are spirits that live a human existence because we leave the body behind and we carry on on our journey. And he said when my mother uh, was on her deathbed, he said they weighed her. And when she died, they weighed her again after she died and she weighed the same. But yet there was no one there anymore. So the light is completely um, it's just that th there's no weight to it. It's a light. It's 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 a beam of light that we come. We take on these bodies, these 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 human bodies that we have. We we do great things with them for those that want to do great things on this yeah. planet. And then we leave and we go back to the light. We go back to where we came from and i truly believe that we carry on our journey i truly believe that i don't believe we just stop because that to me doesn't make sense it doesn't actually make sense to me so the fact that we are basically spirits living a human existence means that we are capable of doing everything that einstein jesus and every other incredible human being on the planet from henry ford through to the wright brothers to this to that we have the ability we have the ability but we just we have to crush our fears. And, and, and a lot of it comes down to two things, two factors, money and what people think about you. And if we can crush those two fears and go, money will always be there. And I don't care what other people think, because what the outside does doesn't affect the inside. Then you're going to be amazing. Oh, Kev, you are dropping some pearls of wisdom with us today. Thank you so much. I've just got a couple of last questions for you. So, number one, you're having a dinner party you can invite three comedians round who are they going to be without a shadow of a doubt it's going to be charlie chaplin it's going to be mel brooks and it's going to be victor borger the pianist comedian that i was dying to meet but i never got the chance ah amazing i will definitely check him out a, a fantastic fantastic choices there amazing 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 and if there's someone out there now that wants to just bring a little bit more humor into their life what is one thing that you would say to them to do? Do you know what? Smile. Um, I think the world needs a lot of people to smile because we have gone through a tragedy. We've gone through a massive pandemic. We've gone through depression. We've gone through so many, many adversities over the last 18 months. And before that, of course, but 18 months for us has been quite a a horrendous journey um rather than you know running on a pitch with grass we've been running through mud that's been sucking our toes in and we're not being able to move properly and particularly in the entertainment business that's been a tragic thing for us so our oxygen has been cut off and as a performer 
the way I, I get my oxygen is by walking on stage and hearing people laugh. That's how I get my oxygen. So what I would say is how we move forward with our lives is about how we think. And it's been a really, really tough time. So you know what? When, when you want to look at life in a more positive way, then you need to try and make yourself that little bit more positive. So do say hello to the, to the local neighbour or to, um, you know, to, to, to a, a postman that goes past or a woman, you know, tr try and give back something because then you'll see how quickly that comes back to you. Every morning I wake up, I do an inspirational uh, video every single morning on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I try and spread the joy of positivity and uh, manifestations, which I do every day. That goes without question. And things are I can't tell you how amazing it is. It, if I could just prove it to you at the moment, I can't talk about it because there's so many NDAs in place at the moment, but things are so exciting. And I can tell you hand on my heart, look in the mirror, smile at yourself first and go, do you know what? It's going to be a great day. And the rest of it trickles and falls into place. Yes. And if that isn't enough for you, ladies and gentlemen that are listening to this, get yourselves to a Jongler's Comedy Night because I had the pleasure of going to one last weekend. And let me tell you now, there were tears coming down my face and I felt the world was a better place after just having the ability to laugh and be around amazing people. So, Kev, in order for them to do that, how can people reach you? How can they get involved? Oh, amazing. OK, well, thank you. Uh, they just have to go to jonglers.com. Uh, we've got tons of shows We've got another couple of uh, couple of big shows coming up for the Clubhouse members as well. So that's going to be exciting. Um, but, yeah, they can do that. They can go to jonglers.com. Alternatively, if they want to um, find out anything about the courses uh, that I'm running, um, they just go to kevlive.com. Kevlive, L-I-V-E.com. Nice and simple. And I'm sure there'll be many people that will reach out to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Emotioneering podcast today. Uh, do you know what? I think you're amazing, Melissa. I say this with hand on my heart. You are genuinely the most wonderful human being. When you're around you, you've got this lovely energy anyway. An energy that makes me want to kiss you every time, by the way. I just <laughs> want to put that out there as well. No, no, you do. You've got this energy. As soon as I saw you in your black and white outfit, you look so gorgeous. I was like, I've got to kiss you. And you were like, come on in. And I gave you a massive kiss on your cheek. And do you know what? You're an absolutely incredible human being. And what you're doing right now is going to benefit people in the future as well. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.